0: No, what's good? Welcome to Countercurrents. This is your host, Petey Steele. Ignore that bot. And my co-host is yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is Elena Torres. I wonder if you guys could hear that bot. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, there might be a little bot that says this is being recorded because that's Zoom. But anyway, Sounds like welcome. a Franklin
0: word speller.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It does actually.
1: Uh, welcome to Countercurrents. This is episode 113. Can you believe it? And today's guest, look, a lot of times when girls newer than me in the scene come along, you know, you want to hate them like you do. Like you really want you want to hate them, you know, and even if they're funny, which this next person is, you just want to hate them. But our next guest has made it impossible to hate her but like in the bed, it's not like she's even too nice. You know how when people are too nice and you hate them, like yes. it's not even that. She's just like actually really fun to talk to, really fun to hang out with, and like notices cool details about my outfits, like just a all around like cool chick and funny. Please welcome the hilarious Maddie Brandon.
2: I'm literally crying. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know how many people on the scene would agree with you on that, but I do. (laughs) On what part? Oh, well, I think when you said that thing about like she it's not necessarily that she's like super nice. And I'm like, there we go. That's
1: (laughs) no, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like because that makes you want to hate people, I think, even more if they're just like super nice all the time. Like like, that's a reason. Yeah, right, right, or just
0: because I feel it's phony
2: totally
1: you're not new you're not a new comic anymore Maddie but like newer comics you know they come up to you like oh my god great set which by the way I'm totally guilty of you know like great set oh my god you look great you know just like really kissing ass like that gives you a reason to hate them and you didn't even do that
2: oh that's so sweet so yeah, sweet. I
0: don't I don't even know you, and I love you. <laughs> only because we've only met like a couple times, and last time I saw you at my show, and you came up after a year-long whatever, and you gave me a big hug and said, oh, wow, great to see you. And I said, really? <laughs> and I said, all right, cool, you know? But it didn't come off as like a phony thing. It was like, oh, yeah, okay. So, I don't know.
2: That's Here really, we go. Yeah, I'm like, my confidence is slowly rising. <laughs> 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 good <laughs> that's what we're here for yeah yeah i read this book so called- how long have you been back what was that sorry no no no, no. go ahead yours is your your question's better than i was just gonna say uh what and i was gonna say how long have you been back doing shows um only for i guess maybe a month maybe a little bit less than a month um yeah i was doing like zoom shows over the pandemic um Every week but I was just like kind of co-hosting those so this is Mm -hmm. yeah this has been it honestly was like pretty I looked at Winston Hodges before I went up on the first show I was back on and I was like we'll see if I like if this is something I still want because who knows yeah (laughs) at the end of the set but yeah it is something I still want so um yeah (laughs) it's been yeah it's been really good I'm Definitely, it was. I was on like a high of like, oh, it's so great that this is back. And now I'm like, kind of like, okay, when is it going to really pick up? Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it's been kind of playing footsies a little bit. You know, you get like two or three shows one week, and it's like one the next, maybe like four and a half the next half being like an outdoor thing or something. And you're like, when are we going to know the score?
2: Yeah. yeah totally yeah it's like hard to also because we had nothing going on it was nice to like have a schedule and now it's like yeah I don't know if one week you're randomly gonna get booked on like yeah four or five shows and then or whatever yeah. and then you're like okay I forgot about this part <laughs> which is like the spontaneousness of getting booked for stuff but yeah
1: yeah, that's comedy in general. I feel like I've designed I've designed my whole life in an incredibly structured way to fit in the unstructured way that comedy is. Yeah. You know, like everyone in my house is like aware that any minute there could be a show. That's <laughs> such like, a fucked up way to live. <laughs> yeah.
2: Your baby's just like, I guess. I guess I'll be she'll be around later.
1: (laughs) Yeah I call it the office because that's where her dad goes during the day so it's like mommy has to go to the office at night.
2: That's cool I I'm like excited for the time that she realizes that you're like really cool like I feel like kids assume that (laughs) parents with jobs are like lame as shit but like one day she's gonna be like oh actually this is actually pretty interesting she'll
1: probably think it's the most embarrassing before she thinks it's cool like i feel like she'll think it's cool when she's like older when she's like 30 but i feel like before that she'll be so embarrassed
0: what you know, age are you no gonna start way. bringing her to shows
1: uh probably never i don't want her dating a comic oh my god that's such a, yeah yeah that's
2: a huge good
0: point it's,
1: it, like literally high risk it's so fucked up to say but literally high risk at any age <laughs> it's true there's enough evidence out there that like i'm nervous you never know
0: (laughs) so maddie what's this book you've been reading that's making you more confident that you were about to talk about
2: oh that was wow that you're a very good listener um i listened to this book i didn't actually read i listened to it on audible but uh it's called letting go apparently it's like i don't know if you guys read it but yeah it's all about just like I've heard about it yeah letting stuff go it's a little kooky I think I know that there's like parts where they say like I heard in some parts he kind of alludes to like you could just like let cancer go which obviously is not a real thing but (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) some of it is good in terms of just like not just like recognizing when um like you're gung-ho on like something Like you get in your head and you're just like, this is the way something is. And then just recognizing like, but it could also be the other way. So maybe we don't like hyper focus, but yeah.
0: And who wrote this book?
2: I have no idea. Some guy, Uh, I think like a doctor. This was, I heard about this from a comedian on a podcast who said like it helped her. So I, anything that helps a comedian handle just intense anxiety and shame I'm like right. right. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> that's the criterion it has to be a comedian that deals with this okay
2: yeah yeah totally recommend yeah if I, I can feel find like it I've...
0: I gotta think there's more than one book called Let It Go if I don't know the author
1: <laughs> no yeah. but I feel like this one's pretty famous like I feel like I've heard about this I think so I it's actually... like an
0: old classic or like a brand new thing
2: Yes. Was, this,
1: was it Nikki Glaser? I feel like I heard Nikki Glaser talking about it on something I listened to at one point.
2: It's It might, honestly, it was not like Nikki Glaser, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's like a book, like, you know how comics all get on like the same wavelength of whatever like. Yes, yes. Around, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I feel like, well, she also was uh, like recommends a different self-help book every time I listen to anything she's on. But yeah. I mean, it's working
0: that's the thing sometimes I feel like there ought to be a self-help book called the road to your next self-help book yeah (laughs)
2: that's really funny yeah there's so many yeah or like how
1: or like a self-help book being like how to stop feeling like you constantly need to read self-help books (laughs) yeah also also who writes this like half the self-help books I'm like do I trust you Like, who, like, do you really have shit figured out? Or is, like, this your plan to make, like, this is your plan to make money? Like, have you actually used it before? I don't know.
2: I feel like I'd, like, pretty easily fall into a cult. So whenever I read these kind of books, I'm always, like, looking out for the part where they're, like, now go to this address, uh, put this outfit on, yeah, so.
0: You feel like you're a pretty suggestible person?
2: I don't, I wouldn't say suggestible, but once I buy into something, I like really buy into it.
0: You have a phase.
2: Yeah, totally. I get like obsessed with something and I'm like, this is going to be it. And I feel like I could be, yeah. Hmm. You could
1: get (laughs) yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: baby.
1: That chick just went to jail by the way. I don't know if you guys saw that. No. The, yeah, that actress who was on Smallville, who was, I don't know if you guys were, I got, I also, I I don't think I'd fall for a cult, but I'm very obsessed with shows about cults. About so cult? I got very into that HBO show. What was that called? The one about Nexium. I forgot. The, but they got that Keith, Keith whatever his name is. There were some actors in it. There was actually... A friend of mine dated a girl in Mexico City because a lot of Mexicans did it. I like, dated a girl in Mexico City who joined that cult and it was like a sex. It was like it like turned out to be a sex cult. Surprise, surprise, which is like what yeah. all cults. Oh.
0: Uh, turned it out wasn't to be like Heaven's Gate or like.
1: No, it was called Nexium.
0: Oh, that's actually. Maddie, did you the hear name? About this? I thought that was like a purple pill you took for like blood pressure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we were both Maybe. politely like laughing, like yeah, sure, Elena. No. <laughs> wait, you guys no i i like i kind of know what you're talking about but it is also hard because i feel like so many cults have a similar story that you could be literally talking about like any one of them
0: yeah except the one i named ended up in like a mass suicide you know thankfully the body count was maybe like a 20th of the jonestown debacle but um yeah, I've studied them. I read a couple books on them and everything. And I, I don't know. Like it never, never crossed my mind as something I could do. I religion even is more like, I don't know. I guess you could argue it is more insipid. I think it's more innocuous, but still, that could qualify in some interpretations as a cult. You know? Yeah.
2: Interesting. I don't know. You read books like my just-
1: question is: Is there ever been has there ever been a woman that started a cult? Because most cults, I think, it's just an excuse for a dude to have sex with a lot of people. Like, has there <laughs> been a woman who's done it? I think probably a lot of religions started that way too. Like, what if you cut to Jesus's life and she's just like trying to fuck? Like, <laughs> I
2: was going to make a goop joke, but I know you like goop, so it's going to be like what is Paltrow. Okay, I'm of- in
0: that cult. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do know a lot of women have written about cults. Maybe that's more indicative of victimology, but actually, one of the foremost experts, Margaret Thaler Singer, I think her name was, wrote Cults in Our Midst, 95. She was a Berkeley professor. She gave the whole deal on cults. And I can't remember if any, oh, yes, there is one that's a woman. That one on Netflix, The Wild, Wild Country, The Indian Lady. You watch that? That's a woman. I woman. only got
1: through like the first episode of that.
0: Yeah. Yep. And she had people, she like they were busting people? people in from a ghetto and stuff being like, yeah, we got yeah. this new way of life. And they're like, fuck it. Just give me this, the food or whatever, you know? And they load up charter buses and go out, out to the Southwest or the Great Plains. I think that was like Oklahoma or something like that. And had them out there. And there were, I think some mutinies, some other things. But yes, that was an Indian lady.
1: Wow. Was she trying to fuck or was it just like a power thing?
0: It, it was power mostly, but there was some banging. Yes, there was. Yeah,
1: yeah. See, see, you're like, always I, sexual.
2: I like the idea of you guys doing like a spinoff podcast called, Wish, what, were they trying to fuck? And it's just like recaps of cults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, were they trying to actually fuck? I'm with it. Yeah.
1: The answer is yes. I feel like it might be a very boring podcast because every time it would just be like, yeah, he was trying to fuck every time.
0: <laughs> there's no cult that doesn't satisfy somebody's id.
1: Yeah. What's an id?
0: It is like your primal urge. You know, like in oh. psychology, there's the id, the ego, and the superego. The superego oh. being like your moral side, your ego being like your I as a self, and your id's just like the like must come. You know, <laughs> that's the Freudian shit on countercurrents. Oh. Okay.
1: Yeah. Th- thanks for that lesson, Petey.
0: <laughs> the cliff notes.
1: Yeah. So Maddie, how do you, where do you feel? Let's do a like really quick left turn. Uh, where do you <laughs> feel? So you've been doing comedy now, how long? Um,
2: <clears throat> I was thinking about this the other day. I, I think technically, if you include the pandemic, it's four years, but really it's, like, three years, uh, right, yeah, so I know it was really sad, because I think my, because, you know, like, three years is when you kind, like, people start to recognize you as even a comic, (laughs) like, someone who has, like, somewhat capabilities, um, and that, I think that fell, like, right after everything closed, like, I think it's, like, early April is my comedy anniversary or something, so, Mm-hmm. yeah uh i don't know why i had to make it sad but yeah <laughs> i guess to answer your question like three well times. i think it
1: is i think i that's that's on me because i think that's kind of a sad question because especially i feel like if you've been doing comedy under 10 years i think anybody under 10 like they lost a crucial year yeah of comedy
2: yeah uh cook my boyfriend like tried to make it seem like he like he was saying something like you know it's gonna be Like, he was saying, like, about the comedy community that there's, like, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like, there's a crucial time period that people are missing and it's going to kind of be a rough, like, coming back to it. And then I was like, what? And he was like, well, not you. Like, you're... Oh, (laughs) my gosh. (laughs) So, yeah. I think I got, like... I got better, at least, from what I can tell. But that was because I watched tapes, like during pandemic and was like this is I was basically like this is terrible and this is like how I need to change what I'm doing and stuff and I think I was like too in it before like you know I was like (laughs) stressed like not like just you know I didn't even have enough time to like evaluate how things were going I was just kind of like Mm. running around and like trying to work on it and stuff and if someone told me feedback I'd be like yeah okay great and it's like what in what time am I gonna fix that like that's like a you know what I mean like yeah yeah so at least like taking some time and being like somewhat removed from it it was really easy for me to like get perspective and be like okay um everybody's like told you correct information like I should actually like work on trying to fix that
1: yeah I uh it's amazing, but I mean, you still feel you got better. I, I last summer I did like, what was it? At the height, a show a week in, <laughs> in like July and August. I, I like accumulated enough shows at the end of the summer last summer to like have enough tapes. So I like compared those to what I was doing a year before or like right before I gave birth, like at the end of my pregnancy. And my comedy at the end of my pregnancy when I was like 37 weeks pregnant was better than last summer. Just because I was doing it all the time.
2: I feel like you leveled up though. From what I Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think you're yeah, but yeah, I I will stick by that. I think everybody like got oh, better in some way. Yeah. I totally think you did.
0: Okay. I think, you think I got everybody okay got better. better? I I feel like I got better by not doing Zoom shows during the pandemic. I mean, it's not just to piss on it, but after like eight years of doing comedy, I just looked at the format and I was like, this is bad. Like, this is not going to help anybody. I don't see how, do you guys feel it helped you in any way? Uh, Yeah, I,
2: well, Zoom shows. So I, I happen to be in like a, I didn't do many zoom shows where I was actually doing my act. Cause like, I don't, that like only helped me in the, the couple of times that I literally did that. It was good to like, not have people laugh <laughs> and to just learn how to like, not get upset about that in the moment and like, just keep going. Um, <clears throat> and not like, not be so like, So like, uh, I don't know, uptight, I guess, about like how the crowd's feeling and stuff. But in terms of like hosting a Zoom show, I think that really helped, but that's only because I was doing it like with like Sean Joyce. So like, it was kind of like, he's really good at crowd work and he's really good at like being fast. And to like, to have to like get over my fear of him and uh, (laughs) learn about like riffing and stuff. With someone who's really fast and, like, doesn't, yeah, that was, that was good for me. (laughs) But, yeah, I wouldn't say, like, doing sets on Zoom would be, like, necessarily beneficial that much. I think, if anything, it's gotten people some, like, kind of weird content at the end of it, too.
1: I think that's right. I think that's right. And I, I, I feel the same. I feel like it pretty much didn't help for most aspects of comedy, but it helped, with crowd work because that's the only thing zoom was really good for like because you couldn't really tell jokes but once you started talking to people I feel like I got really good sort of like nuggets of talking to people and it kept that muscle up a little bit I feel like you know I didn't come back as rusty at crowd work because of the zoom shows it's like kind of one-on-one with them. So you're like, I know the kind of stuff that people want to hear. They're not in the dark as much. So I know like the, the questions that get an audience member excited.
2: Yeah, that's cool. I tried to interact with the Zoom crowd like as little as possible. <laughs> but yeah. I
1: just They just hated my, I don't know if it's just me, they just hated my jokes. I was like, I just have to talk to them because jokes are not, just not happening. <laughs> yeah
0: i couldn't now that you've been now that you've decided
2: what
0: i said i couldn't talk to any of them because they just type shit at me Yeah,
2: (laughs) i that was cyberbullying was like a real there was no cyberbullying on most of the shows that i was on but i was like very nervous because i had heard some pretty like really insensitive stuff and i was like it just takes one person to type a message about me being like xyz looking and that'll be like the end (laughs) the end (laughs) of the (laughs) show i'll think about that for weeks
0: (laughs) some of that i enjoyed i thought they were the funniest parts of the whole show like i mean i can remember being on one where i start going and then somebody just starts posting big pictures of dicks all over the place you know and i was like yes we're, like, <laughs> we're getting these assholes out of here i was like why yeah that's hilarious <laughs> did you
2: have like
1: someone put a dick on or something during one of yours pd that's right
0: yeah like not, um, not my set but during the show i was on yeah and i thought it was hysterical
2: like their own dick or like
0: no just pictures of like porn dicks or whatever just did you know, a <laughs> plop it up in the big the full feed and i was like this is amazing because these were for like you know, brand new people that were not good. And I was already kind of pissed because I was like, I don't really know these people. They know I'm like a sort of local name. I could probably go on and go up like first or second and get done. And then I get there and they're like, yeah, we got you going like 12th. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean 12th? You know, but I was like, I didn't have anything else to do. So I was like, fine. So I just sat there and I'm like looking at this guy, you know, comedian Jizmob mob James going up to kick five minutes about, you know, nothing. And then all of a sudden, these dicks start showing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Rock on!" You're
2: like asking him to be on your shows in the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> well, Maddie, I wonder. And songs? he just—I guess he years. just
1: had the technology to like to to like hack it and get the dicks so that everybody could see. Is that what it is?
0: yeah it was like a zoom bombing that's what it was called I mean other people were doing it there were reports on the internet like one of the you know hate crime things we have to look out for in the age of COVID is like these bigoted zoom bombings and you know and it was happening people were putting up fucked up stuff you know swastikas and bullshit like that in other places but this to me was innocuous just big dicks you know it was like sweet (laughs) disrespectful but hilarious
1: (laughs) not that different than a lot of the jokes you hear at a comedy show anyway yeah yeah (laughs) so maddie what do you now that you've like endured a pandemic doing comedy and all this like what do you do you think your goals with comedy have changed yeah or do you feel like you're more committed than before
2: yeah i had to like hire a career coach and stuff (laughs) which is really embarrassing i wish I wouldn't have said that right now, but um, I basically am, like, leaning into the comedy and not being so, like, timid about it. Like, I'm trying to, like, recognize, like, it's it's what I want and I should just, like, <clears throat> make an honest, like, try at it. Uh, I was, I mean, I was, like, working really hard, but it's just, like, I still was like not doing some of the other shit that you're supposed to do. Like, I guess technically like whatever my Twitter was like private and my, you know, all that stuff that you're supposed to do that. I was just like, Oh, I don't need that. Like one day it'll all just come to me. It's like, I think you kind of, (laughs) never so I'm like learning, I guess I'm like learning how to do all that stuff and yeah, take it more seriously.
0: So did you get a career coach just for comedy or for like your other, or do you have another thing or is this okay?
2: Yeah. I'm an, yeah, I'm an engineer during the day. Um, yeah. So I, I, uh, okay, so yeah, yeah. It's like a good, it's a good job obviously. Um, and I went to school for like, <laughs> like a long time. So, um, I was kind of at the, towards the end of the pandemic, I was like, maybe I should like actually explore like what I want and just have it be like open-ended. Obviously this is before comedy started again too. So I was like, you know what yeah what do I want and then she was and I was hoping that we would find something that's like oh you could actually you'd love this thing more and you'd make a ton of money and it would be like great for you and all this stuff and then basically within like the first meeting she was like yeah it sounds like you want to be a stand-up comic and a tv writer and you should probably just like really lean into that and I was like damn it
0: (laughs) (laughs) she didn't give me an out
2: yeah, she's like, I was like, there isn't some like magical career that I would like love more that would pay me right now. And she's basically like, no. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that's the, there was, um, I had a neighbor, I'm looking up. Name. I had this neighbor in LA and she was, she was like the first, I think she was the first black actress to get a lead role on a TV show. Hmm. um i'm looking up i forget her last name do
0: you remember the show
1: diane carroll
0: oh yeah fantastic
1: yeah diane carroll so diane carroll was my neighbor when i was like in my early early 20s and she was like the most fabulous lady and she gorgeous she would give me oh my god gorgeous and fabulous and she gave me a few like Really wonderful nuggets of advice over the course that we were neighbors, because we would just talk. And one, I told her like what, the day I met her, right? We we were talking. She's like, "What do you do?" And at the time, I was an actress. I was like, "I'm I'm an actress. I just I just graduated college. Like blah blah blah." And I was like, "What?" And I was like, "I know. Obviously, told her like I know your career. Like, what advice would you give
0: to Petey?
1: Oh my god." <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Was I? <laughs> uh, no, that wasn't like a fold. It was it. Shit, is that like unedited? We
1: definitely know that you're not wearing pants.
0: Okay, if that's all, that's fine.
2: That's all. It was just like if I endorse dicks. And, like, I have to
0: endorse <laughs> boxers.
2: Honestly, I thought that's the bit you were doing right now. <laughs> Like in the middle of something, and you're just like, "Let me step it up a
1: notch." Oh my god, I I forget what story was I even telling.
0: Uh, Diane Carroll.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So basically, basically, she, I was like, I asked her for advice, and what she said is like, "If you can do anything else, do that." (laughs) <laughs> he was like only do this if you literally cannot do anything else and wow. it's the best best advice of an entertainment career that I've ever received yeah <sighs> you have to do this if you literally can't do anything and I've found out by this point that I can't I'm allergic I can't do anything else
2: yeah well that's one of the things I personally struggle with that I'm trying to work on too is like I don't know if you guys feel this but I think it's hard in comedy sometimes because there are people that are like that and there are people that are kind of like hobbyists almost and when mm-hmm. you're like There's a lot yeah like I try I'm trying to be less like judgmental um and like kind of yeah I guess just judgmental and it's hard when you're in those spaces especially now that like shows are really tight and there's not that much time you're like looking around you're like what are you doing here (laughs) like i would die for this but yeah that's interesting i am
1: surprised that you're not judgmental that's the thing go ahead no that's the thing i'm literally most judgmental about in comedy and there are comics that are good but i'm like this person's a fucking hobbyist and they need to just stop so that i can have their spot
2: That is so funny, Elena. I'm like, I'm working on you. You're
0: like, I
2: think you have a concern
0: though. I love this. That's true. Sometimes I break people down because I work as like a mental health professional and I'm like, I cannot see them having the psychology to stick with this for another like 10 years, not consistently. And I wish they would stop too. It's real, even if they have some talent.
1: Yeah, there's some people that get a lot of stage time in DC that I'm like, this person's not, like, nothing's going to happen. Like, this is the height of this. Like, just get rid of them. Like, just can they, like, I don't know what it takes to get people to quit, but they need to just quit so that I can have their spots. It actually makes me very upset often. I'm not working on it. unlike Maddie. As you can.
2: <laughs> You're the second comic I've talked to about this in like the past week where somebody else was like, I oh, don't know. I get it. This, I literally talked to my therapist about this. And I was like, okay.
0: <laughs> That's it? Just yeah. a second?
2: <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. By the way, PD is a great professional in that realm. And if you ever need anybody to tell you if a comic is genuinely crazy or not, Petey's your guy.
2: That is honestly, like, the biggest help to any female comic I've seen that that there could be.
1: It really is. No, Petey has been so helpful. And in so many ways, like, Petey will be like, look, this person's showing signs of bipolarity. Uh,
2: Okay. Probably
1: steer clear. It's like like Petey's unknown talent in the comedy scene. Like, if you ever really want to know if someone's actually, like, mentally like i mean we're all a little bit mentally ill but like really mentally ill pd's your gut
0: it's really one of the only things that's kept me afloat despite my very own self-destructive tendencies is knowing (laughs) how much worse a lot of other people's are you know and steering the hell clear of them because i know how i can get too when i'm around the wrong company you know I mean, one reason I brought Elena into this countercurrents thing was because I needed a guest or I needed a co-host and I, you know, wanted it to be a woman, you know, to have different sensibilities. But also because, you know, she'd been through the fire, so to speak, and was kind of ready to just be serious and all that type of shit. I, you know, I can't have, I'm 40 years old. You know, I I, I can't afford people after, certain people after 5 p.m. <laughs>
2: All right, PD. I'm gonna take you up and like send you a it's list true. after this. Yeah, you
0: got it. <laughs> Tell me, do you I stay it.
2: away from this person or am I being too judgmental? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Send your number with it because I'm not gonna type anything back and get it in a screenshot later. No
2: <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: But, and so, um, do you
1: feel? So you said you also want to be a TV writer how's how's that going
2: um okay this is so this is like hilarious this is another thing where i was just like casually for a long time being like one time i'm gonna write for tv (laughs) and then um when the pandemic happened i like took a, a comedy writing class like out of la and not to brag virtually um (laughs) (laughs) and we yeah we wrote like a we did a beat we ended up with like a beat sheet for a pilot so I've just been writing like that basically um and working Mm -hmm. on it whereas before I just thought that that was like oh you're good at stand-up comedy like come write for this tv show it's like actually there are like things you need to know (laughs) and like terms and stuff but yeah I like love television I like creating characters um Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about
0: that. So wait, you love television. That's actually a first admission I think we've had in 113 episodes of the show. Other than maybe like myself or Elena because I think a lot of comics feel and I do too from time to time when I'm like watching some shows like, fuck, I should be writing a joke right now. Like I'm slacking off or whatever. But what are your uh, five best shows?
2: Oh my gosh.
0: All time.
2: Um all time. Damn. Okay. I had okay. to think about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna say some, but I'm not gonna they're not gonna be in the order. So <clears throat> first controversial pick is girls. Um every season? Yeah, every well, okay. So the last season, I know that it kind of went off the rails, but I do love that they went off the rails, like that they were creatively They just were like, this is what I'm doing. Um, And I know that's controversial, obviously, because it's not like, it didn't uh, hold up well. Um, But yeah, I can watch that over and over again. It's just so funny. I mean, what's the other show? Uh, Okay, I liked Killing Eve a lot.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: I love a good character. Also, like, women being yeah. violent is, like, just so insane. Because, like, like even the um, January Jones show was great because it was, like, not a favorite show, but, like, you just so little see women portrayed as vi- being, like, actually cruelly violent on television. Mm-hmm.
0: That not- is cool when that happens. I'll admit that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, not that I am violent, but... <laughs> um, no, but that
1: character in Killing Eve is so great, so yeah. great,
2: it's so like, well written.
1: Uh, yeah, both. <laughs> and being like both feminine and violent, just like the
2: best. Yes, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, Fleabag. Right. That's too. Yeah, Fleabag. Obviously, everybody's list. Obviously, yeah. I'm like I'm kind of proud of myself that these are like women-centric shows. Um. Yeah. Let me think. Okay. I mean, there were some, this is kind of biased because it's kind of recent, like, I May Destroy You was, like, really, really good and dark, uh, so it's, like, another HBO um, show. I saw it. Yeah. Top five all time, oh, yeah. though? Top five all time?
1: Uh, it was well, good. It was good, but I wouldn't put it in in all time. I just felt like that, Yeah. like, it was good, and there was a lot about it that, like, I even still think about, but I don't know if I'd put it in all time
2: okay okay but it was good
1: it was good it was great it was great all right What else? Um, you shouldn't let me affect your last book.
2: no it's I'm like it's so hard because I love tv so much that it's like talking about my children kind of I'm like how do I even come up with my favorite right Uh, obviously like a reality show should go in the top five because I can watch like a ton of reality television um Elena would argue that Love Island is the best (laughs) reality television of all time (laughs) Um, what are you
1: gonna say that competes with that like what are you gonna say right
2: Yeah, now? that's hard honestly like it's probably it probably is love island because all the real housewives are like not as good so i'll say love island yeah i can get real yeah i mean level. yeah
0: well that's good i have a new list now because i've seen none of those
2: really you haven't
0: no no I really have not.
2: I would start with
1: Fleabag.
0: Fleabag?
1: Yeah, Fleabag is, Fleabag is, especially for a comic, it's like, it's so good. The writing is so good. No.
0: No. Okay. Killing Eve has violent women.
1: Yeah. Killing Eve, Killing Eve, you are gonna love PD. Love. You're gonna fall in love with that girl.
2: Yeah, that's true. A lot of it's like like, it's like the psychology of this woman. Awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah, killing Eve, you're gonna love. But fleabag is also like it's just just excellent writing all the way around. Just I don't know, and just so funny. So
2: it, funny. Yeah, it's really good. You I, know, Elena,
0: another reason I have to be honest why I'm bringing this up about TV is because. Diane Carroll. I just looked her up, and then I remembered how I knew her. I remembered how to spell her name because it's different than the. It's weird, D-I-A-N-N. yeah. D i a h a n n, but she's also in one of my all-time favorite television programs back in the day, Dynasty.
1: Dynasty. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And she would, and that other chick from Dynasty would come over sometimes, and I would see her in the parking lot.
0: Joan Collins. Yes. Yeah, she's bad, Alexis.
2: Yeah, yeah, she like is the character from Dynasty
0: in real life. Yeah,
2: I love that you casually were just like, yeah, when I was living in LA and there was a actress next door <laughs> <We're> talking, like we <laughs> were talking.
0: But you know, oh, something- do I
2: sound like an asshole? No, no, Elena's no.
0: Elena's got so many of those like brag things yeah. that it's like a white noise to her. You know, sometimes know. I'm sitting there too and I'm like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? you just said you met. I'm sorry. Like, no it's, it's fine it's, it's hilarious
2: yeah i know I a problem so- sounding like an asshole is a lifelong problem of mine you don't you definitely don't sound like an asshole because you like casually mention it and then you're like it like i don't like fully process it and i'm like what did she just say <laughs> who does she know <laughs> I had like a, I won't name the person, but I had a joke about like a famous person's like husband being ugly. And Elena was like, oh yeah, I know him.
1: <laughs> like, I was like, Oh what? yeah, yeah. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't I, say who that is. But like, I I yeah, will. fuck that dude.
0: Yeah, <laughs> fuck that dude. So do you agree he's ugly or just his soul? Oh
1: my God, he's ugly. He's the worst. He has no talent. I told this story to someone once and they described him as a barnacle. He's like achieved serious success in the entertainment industry literally by just like being a barnacle to his friends. And like, I mean, I cannot believe and like he married someone very famous. And when I saw that shit, I was like, I got, I was like mad for like a day. I was like, what the fuck?
2: I have a joke about it. (laughs) It's so angry. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not (laughs) just that he's ugly. It's just like, like the ugly part is like, that's an afterthought. Like plenty of hot famous women marry ugly dudes. But it's it's the fact that like you know usually when they ugly dudes it's like Quentin Tarantino but it's just like this dude has nothing.
0: This guy <laughs> works at Ralph's. To
1: Offer. Oh my god! Like I could I, I mean I can't believe he's gotten so far.
2: But that was like. <laughs> so <laughs> the people at home are just like googling ugly. Oh, oh, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. wait
0: to find yeah, out. I'm who gonna get this in so much trouble if, if, if people find off.
2: out oh yeah people like, uh, like don't say it yeah yeah
0: don't say
1: attorney. i'll tell you i'll tell you who it is after. of course worst worst person just a loser and every whatever i'm gonna
2: stop
0: maddie where are you from originally
2: i'm from bucks county pennsylvania
0: oh okay yeah
2: you know that area
0: yeah, I remember the lyric from a rap song, this young Buck Rowdy. They had me locked in Bucks County or something like that. You yeah. yeah, Reef the Lost Cause, good rapper out of Philadelphia.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah, my, like, my mom now lives in Philly and my dad still lives in Bucks County, so I do go into the city sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, it's like a pretty – an okay area it's very uh republican for pennsylvania or i guess maybe not for pennsylvania but for the northeast but
0: yeah well pennsylvania oh, wow. is a swing state as of the last few elections so yeah. there it is it's where my mother's from too Whoops, bear but nonetheless oh, really? mm-hmm.
2: interesting see i can't i'm like bad with like the accents or like the dialect kind of like I always think people from Baltimore are from Philadelphia. And I heard that's like there's some like, I guess, if you look at who settled in both those areas, that's why the it's similar. So that's why they sound similar. But yeah,
0: they have a similar lilt. That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, well, so what brought you down here other than being like only an hour away and something new to do in your 20s?
2: Yeah, I went to school at GW, so I, yeah, I oh. came down here, and then just, I went to, I lived in Charlottesville for a couple of years, and then I came back, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I went to school and just, like, settled. It's, I think it's, like, a okay city. I'm not, like, in love, I really like Philadelphia, and if it wasn't so close to my parents, I would definitely live there, but, yeah, um, that's a
1: hilarious reason to not be in Philadelphia but yeah
2: (laughs) I can't be that close (laughs) because it would just be like obnoxious um hopefully yeah sometimes my dad listens to stuff I put online so uh I hope he's his attention span's not great so he won't made it this far but um uh yeah I like I mean the scene the comedy scene is like the only reason why I like stayed for a while I really wanted to live in New York or like LA or something not even for comedy just because I like being in like a big city but um yeah
1: yeah Yeah, it's I mean the comedy scene here is I think I don't don't know if I would have kept doing comedy if I was in New York or or LA to be I actually started doing comedy in New York while I lived here because I thought DC wouldn't have a comedy scene. So I just went up and did mics in New York once a week and I was like, Oh, I have to do this more often. We're really lucky but what is it I want to hear because you get a lot of people talking nice things about DC but you don't often hear people on this podcast saying not nice things about DC <laughs> and Petey will get really upset. What is it
2: that you don't like about DC? You, Oh, interesting. Okay. So Petey, you're like, but you're not from DC, right?
0: Well, is. yeah, pretty much. You are. Okay. Yeah. Well,
2: you can be angry then. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause it's a bunch of like yeah, let's get them angry. transplants complaining about a city that they're not from. That's
0: right. I Good thinking. That.
2: Yeah, I get that. Right. Um, well, what don't, well, basically I'm just a little bit like, I've been here for so long that I've kind of done it all. Not really, but like kind of, um, so that's like my main thing. Also, my other thing is that I feel like the cost of living is way higher than like the medium, median income, which I think has to do with like the government pay rate, setting the tone for how much people get paid, which is different than in New York where you like, I think make more more money and you also spend more money. I don't know, that's like a very economic way to put that. But um, yeah, I think that's basically it. I'm also not, so the Philly food scene is like ridiculous. Uh, And I'm also vegetarian and mostly vegan. And Philly is like totally bought in to like the vegan thing. So everything in like, like even Hip City Veg, which is here, which is like vegan fast food, like that's from Philly. Mm -hmm. Like, Le Diplomat is actually from Philly. Um, Is it really? Yeah. Oh, my mom is also a chef, so I'm very, like, (laughs) I'm very into, like, food stuff. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I won't, like, I won't bore everybody by going off about, like, who owns Le Diplomat, but basically there's a restaurant in Philly called Park, which is in Rittenhouse Square, that is the original Le Diplomat, and they just, like, copy-pasted into D.C.,
1: Wow. Interesting. Yeah.
2: In DC, La Diplomats like top ten restaurants. And meanwhile in Philly, like Park is like just like, you know, a nice place. But
1: interesting. I didn't know Philly had such an interesting food scene. I've only been to Philly like for the night because my train got stuck because of weather. <laughs> I, I should have I feel like I should have messaged you and asked about yeah. restaurants. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Hip City Veg is from Philly also.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's like a woman, I think it's a woman who owns it too. And she has like a chain of like vegan, like veganism in Philly is like huge.
0: Huh. Interesting. So like, that is so fascinating with all the cheese steaks and whatever. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, do you think it's like a knee jerk reaction to, to the cheese steak thing and all that?
2: Um, I actually think it's because a lot of uh not wealthy artists live in Philly because they couldn't like afford New York and are like kind of on the vegan scale of trendy. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <But> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with it, but um, yeah. Okay. Petey, how upset are you?
0: Not really, because I agree with you. The cost of living here is absolutely ridiculous and, you know, changes exponentially all the time. And it's thanks to motherfuckers like you. No, but it really is because we have all this influence and people coming into work here and be consultants. And then parking gets tied up. Real estate goes up, prices go up. And yeah, the government is the, you know, baseline pay. And it is a good salary. It's not bad, but it's just like, it gets less and less. So I agree. Yeah, so really far, as yeah.
1: DC. Turned,
0: yeah, I mean, it's kind of a disgrace that Le Diplomat, something that's been here maybe maybe ten years, is like one of the top restaurants. We lost some good French places. Bistro Français was the deal. Did you ever go there back in the day Mm-mm. on M Street? Oh, it's amazing. Oh man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I don't think it's an inaccurate assessment. You have your reasons.
2: <laughs> like, my side rests um yeah
1: i feel like it, i think it froze for a second anyway so maddie what do you have what
2: do you have coming up that people can find you at what shows are you doing um <laughs> sorry it's like so confusing now because i'm like should i tell you the because everything's like a show slash mic now but um, I, okay, something I am excited about is being, uh, having a guest spot on your show next- Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, draft July out. 7th. Yeah. 7 p.m. Yeah, triple really-
0: sevens like that jackpot, baby. Oh my
1: God, <laughs> it is triple seven. I didn't yeah. realize that. So- yeah. so come see Maddie on that.
2: Yeah, come to that show specifically. Um, yeah. I have a brunch show that's starting in August. It's every first Sunday of the month um, at Wonderland Ballroom. Uh, it's called Yay. The month. Yeah. <laughs> that's Yay. pretty much an exclusive because we actually haven't <laughs> announced it. like starting again. I um, like I said, exclusive. See, I'm taking myself more seriously. Uh, nice. And
0: Good.
2: yeah, those are the two major things.
0: Nice. Lena, what do you got coming?
1: Based on July 7th at the Arlington Draft House. Uh, PD and I are going to host it together. It's going to be the second time we're hosting together. Uh, It worked last time. They didn't even give us a light. uh, So you guys want to come see that. Uh, We have a lot of great comics on that. Maddie's one. uh, Also Saturday, July 10th. I'm at the Tally Ho Theater with DC Improv, and I'm hosting that as well. So if you guys want to see my host skills, come check me out. Um, Nice. And that's it. Follow me on Instagram, Elena Blondita. Petey, what about you? Bang, bang.
0: So uh, this, the July 4th, I don't know, if I don't think our episode will be out by then, but if it is, by any weird chance, uh, doing comedy at the Artemis, 8 p.m., July 4th. course we have the counter current showcase we've spoken of triple sevens um and then the 10th saturday i'm going to be featuring at the second saturday shit show at the auto bar in baltimore um, 7 p.m come on up be a good time
1: awesome awesome well we want to thank maddie for doing this with us uh again don't forget that you can see her on july 7th at our show yeah, thank you guys so
2: much for having me. This is great.
0: All right. Thanks for coming.
2: Right. Bye yeah. everybody.
0: Bye.
2: Later.